Welcome back to Rethinking Digital Literacy, helping our digital natives navigate digital overload. I'm Gina Wagner, the instructional and, and instructional coach. And I'm Erin Henderson, uh, a high school librarian. All right, so Henderson, we're talking today about some unnecessary friction um, that we are giving kids when it comes to digital literacy that you keep bumping up against in your job and I keep bumping <laughs> up against in my job working with teachers doing research projects. Yeah, so this has been coming up. It's just, um, you know, things are cyclical around here. Um, and so we hit like highs and lows. And so right now um, I'm hitting a lot of uh, kind of students coming down to the library to get some help in a project. Um, and so that takes a lot of different forms. Um, but this week I had a student come down who was kind of had really put off putting doing this project had really kind of like kicked it down like down the road as far as they possibly could and then they kind of were kind of stuck um, as kids they, will do right as kids will <laughs> as do when they don't want to do something yes Kicking exactly <laughs> this is absolutely like totally par for the course right there's like no all all of our high school teachers there are like mm -hmm. yeah we've all seen it we have all seen it <laughs> Um, and so the, really the student had kind of kicked it down because they were uh, kind of afraid of uh, afraid of what it was going to look like, afraid of how they were going to get it done. Um, and so they sat with me and we sat kind of during the lunch blocks um, just to kind of figure out kind of where to, where to get started. And so as we were kind of breaking this down, um, the project they were working on was really more of a search project than a research project where it was should have kind of been like quick and easy kind of plug and play type stuff. Um, and they had just really kind of kicked it. And so, All right, so hang on just a second. Let me ask a question because yeah. I, I want to make sure that folks uh, who might have missed an earlier podcast are kind of clear about this distinction between search and research, right? So yes. this is something that you and I keep hitting on on trainings and talking with teachers about. So uh, it's, I think it's kind of important folks to for folks to to kind of evaluate their own projects and look at whether they have a search or research. So search, you kind of, you kind of said this, but yeah. searches are quicker than a research yeah, so project. A, a searching is, is, is quick, right? I mean, students are going to plug something into Google. It's going to bring them back an answer. It's going to be pretty straightforward, right? There's not a whole lot of kind of those higher order thinking skills involved here. This is really kind of just like, we get the information, we move on and do the next thing. And they're um, doing that to build their foundational knowledge, right? Because we're assuming yeah. that they they don't know this, they're not the expert on this, and so they need to yeah. go somewhere just to establish those building blocks of knowledge for something yes. more complex to come later. Right. And so so as they're kind of building these, kind of getting these building blocks kind of settled, um, they might just need a quick refresh. It might be that like the teacher talked about it a couple days ago, but they forgot. Like, so they just need to kind of like do something to just kind of like bring it back to the forefront of their of mm. their mind. Makes sense. Um and so that's really when we talk about search, that's what we're talking about. Um, but we've kind of noticed uh, over the over the past couple of years, we've been kind of working on these kinds of things is that um, our teachers tend to call everything a research project, mm, even though yep. it's not all research based. And so when we say a research, um, you know, when we say, talk about research, we're really talking about um, students having to do like those higher order, th order thinking skills, right? Like they're making the connections, they're building new bridges to kind of frame kind of the things that they've been learning. Um, this is not as easy as a search. It takes more time. Um, they do it kind of over and over again to build new understandings. And it becomes kind of something different than just kind of searching, finding the answer and plugging it in. Yeah. Um, and so we've really been working with our teachers to kind of distinguish what you're asking a student to do so that the student can do that one thing. And the student understands the expectation of that one thing. Like if right. they're going to search, they plug it in. If they're going to research, it's going to take longer. Yeah. Um, and so for us in our building, that's important to have the have common vocabulary 
vocabulary, right? Because we had, yes. we're at a small high school, and so our, our kids tend to see, you know, they they see a, a core group of teachers. But if one teacher is using a different type of term, then those expectations that they have for for whatever that term is um, might be might be a little confusing for them. So I think that's something yeah. that we've made some headway with, right? Our folks, our folks yeah. are starting to use search and research more appropriately, and that helps to frame up for the kids what exactly they're being asked to do. Right. Um, and so for this, you know, back to back to the student that we that I worked with this week, this student um, was really kind of struggling with kind of doing, not really struggling with the searching part, they could do the searching fine. The problem they were running into, and this is what we see a lot, is that um, they can find the answers from their searches in very simple websites that are very broad, um, <laughs> that um, are very all encompassing, and that a lot of people use. And so, and so for this student, their question to me was, I don't understand why I can't just use Wikipedia for this because it has everything I need in it. And therein and, lies the rub. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of those things that we had up, we kind of, we come up against a lot. Um, there's been kind of this stigma that's come out around Wikipedia. Um, anybody can edit it. Anybody can do anything to it. And so we're worried about that. Um, and so we've kind of trained our students to never use it. And so we've told them that we never, you know, don't ever use Wikipedia. It's not, it's not reliable. Like, you know, blah, 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 like insert all 85 reasons teachers don't want your students to use Wikipedia here, right? Because um, there's a list. But what we're finding is that um, Wikipedia is kind of is is kind of developing at the same rate as like the internet at this point, And we're kind of where we are. And it's kind of, it's kind of turning out okay. <laughs> so I think we, you and I've talked about this, right? Like anytime that we have just a quick question about mm -hmm. anything, where do we go? We go and look on Wikipedia. Um, yep. You were talking about taking your, taking your uh, cats to the vet and yep. finding out what Giardia is, right? Uh, yeah. And I, I find myself doing this all the time when I watch television shows and I go, oh, I wonder if this historical, historical thing is actually true. Yeah, or, exactly. Or, or when was Queen Elizabeth born? How old is Betty White now? Like we can find these things so very quickly. And we, I always, I always go to Wikipedia because I know mm -hmm. I can find that out. Um, and I know that's probably going to be true. Right. And, and so, so if we can do it, I, I just, and I have to say that it, it baffles me. It baffles me as an educator when I, and I see this in classrooms all the time and teachers will go, you know what? Okay, go, go research, go do your research. So go to the open internet guys. But then when it comes to the other end of that, when they want to cite, you cannot cite Wikipedia. Go to the right. internet, which is endless and infinite, but yeah. don't cite Wikipedia because it's the devil. Right. And so we have this really like clear delineation. So you can go to the internet. You can literally go anywhere on the internet where anybody can post anything at any time. And it's pretty much cheap. It's almost free and it's very easy. Zero guardrails. Zero guardrails there on the internet, right? Um, but don't go to Wikipedia because people are editing that and they're changing it up. And how would you know if it's right? Like it's mind blowing that like those are the same two arguments. <laughs> so Henderson, you know, you're the you're the info pro here. So in terms sure. of guardrails, why why should we? trust Wikipedia for our kids to help them build that foundational knowledge that they need to then later do more complex research and analysis because they have to they have to start from building blocks that are stable right that are actual mm -hmm. 
facts yep. and, and real things. So yeah. why should we trust that? Yeah. So we definitely preferably want our students to be pulling information that is correct. Um, and so this is really important. And um, in general, there are some rules and guidelines that Wikipedia uses as um, as kind of a company to kind of really frame what is happening on the platform. Um, so there are um, a number of uh, editors. And, and while, yes, everyone can edit, um, the stats on that are very very strongly that like a certain number of people edit a lot of things and like some people just edit like one thing here and there. And so that curve on that graph is pretty significant. Um, so there's a, definitely a lot of guardrails. I mean, if you, I can't go to, you know, um, uh, some sort of celebrities page and click into edit and just be able to write whatever I want to, right? There's people on the other end that are going to get notified that something has changed on that page and they're immediately going to take action if something has happened that's not correct. So, so I can't it, walk back time for Betty White and make her 70 so she lives forever. Right. I can't do that. Yes. Okay. You cannot. You know, I cannot. I mean, like, you can try. Oh, I can try. Right. <laughs> you can Somebody try, on the I'm... other end is going to squash that pretty quickly. Pretty, pretty quickly. And gotcha. there are certain pages on Wikipedia that are that are locked or semi-protected. And so there's a lot of kind of these levels of how how much a page is protected based on a number of things. And so like anything that tends to be like, if there's something happening in the news really quickly, like that page is going to be semi-protected so that people who actually know about it are the ones doing the editing, not just kind of everybody feeling like they want to do it right all at the same time. Um, you know, usually like political figures tend to get locked pretty, pretty often because we don't want any of that kind of, kind of, um, jargon happening there where, where things are kind of changing. And sure, so we makes have, sense. Um, you know, th there are kind of some of these, these building blocks and, and honestly, like to be like very transparent, the, the people who edit Wikipedia are the people who really have like a passion for sharing this type of knowledge. And so like, when we're talking about kind of like relying on experts, a lot of times you'll see like actual experts kind of in those Wikipedia pages, updating things that, um, because because they have an expertise there, right? Um, not because they're just uh, they you know not because they read a Google page somewhere else and they were just like, oh, now I'm an expert on John Keats, and so I'm just going to go ahead and edit John Keats's page. Um, you know, you're going to find scholars there who are sometimes doing that thing. And one of the other things about Wikipedia is that you can't publish your original research on Wikipedia. Um, uh. They're not allowing that. So it's not like if you're a scholar and you just wrote a paper and nobody else will publish it for you, you can just throw it up in Wikipedia. Like that's not a thing. Um, so you're all, all of those citations that they use have to cite back to stuff that has been verified and ha and can be verified again. Um, and, and some of that stuff is scholarly, uh, but has to kind of go through all of those scholarly processes that those things go through to get there. And so that All was right. a, sorry, that was kind of a, a long explanation, but there are definitely, definitely guardrails kind of built in. Well, I think, you know, you spoke for several minutes there about guardrails and I think that's important, right? Because they, the disconnect we were talking about earlier where folks mm -hmm. will just send kids to the internet, oh, go do your research. Um, but this yep. is the one place you can't go, but the one place that we're telling kids not to go actually has guardrails in place. So that they right. can build that foundational knowledge. So I think the, hopefully the takeaway here is that um, Wikipedia is not the devil. And if you're just, and, and, and as you evaluate your assignments, yeah. as you're evaluating what you're asking kids to do, I think it's, I think it's important for us all as educators to think critically, are we asking kids to search and research, search or research? Mm -hmm. And if it's truly yeah. just a search, I think Wikipedia is a great place to start to help them build that foundational knowledge. So when they later have an analysis question, some type of complex um, issue that they're examining, they have some um, solid building blocks um, to come from. And I think in your case with your kiddo, it removes some of that unnecessary friction just to go ahead and get started. 
because that yeah, kid seemed I mean, to be dragging their feet just to get started because they were crippled by the fact that they couldn't use Wikipedia just to get some of that base knowledge. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, and I think that there's, you know, like, I don't think that I think that I can speak for for both you and I where we're not saying that like an entire kid's research paper should be cited from Wikipedia. Oh, like, that's absolutely. not what we're saying. Sure. Um, we're told we're just saying that like if they just needs like some basic information and they're just getting started, let them click around in there because there's good stuff in there that they can find um, on on some of the topics that they're going to be covering in a you know, in a public, in a public school building. Right. Um, so there is kind of value. And if we can remove the friction there, they'll, they're more likely to kind of deal with that friction as they get it when we start doing the analysis piece. Right. Because like they got through this part kind of easily, you know, Absolutely. they get through that building block kind of spots pretty easily. And then we can move into some of the other friction that we might have to have that we can't take out of a full research project. Right. So we want to save, save the friction for where it really needs to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just so everybody knows, we're not paid, um, Patreon, paid, paid folks for Wikipedia. This is just, uh, just our way of helping, helping us help kids to, uh, to, uh, navigate, to help in our digital natives to navigate, navigate the internet. So this has been, um, researching digital literacy, helping digital natives navigate digital overload. See you next time. That's right. See you.